0: like this will be it. Welcome everyone to the season finale edition of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network and well we'd like to still be recording in a few weeks but Brisbane season's over so in this episode we're going to wrap up the season that was. Try and forget pretty much all of it, let's be honest, and look forward to what's coming for the 2019-2020 season. So, Adam, welcome. I'm loving the yeah. new merchandise.
1: Yeah, finally picked up the, uh, the new Raw jersey on discounts, uh, as I do every year. Um, yeah, look, I think we get through this, this uh, season recap and draw a line under it, because uh, it hasn't been a great season for, for Bristol Raw.
0: Yes, that's right. Scott, uh, how are you dealing with the off-season coming earlier <sighs> than expected?
2: I'm very much looking forward to an off-season. Actually, I was just thinking, uh, Adam's... Um, Purchased the shirt just as it's going out of fashion. What a a shame! (laughs) There'll be a new and improved one. Yeah, I think for next season. Hopefully, a new and improved raw too. Mm.
0: Yes. Well, to be fair, I actually did like this year's kits. I would have happily Mm. have seen them stayed around for another season. I thought
2: you were going to say they couldn't do much worse then.
0: No, no, no. The kits themselves are actually quite nice, and it was because we did see the uh, Raw Supporters Federation say that
2: they're looking for ideas for a kit launch. So, yes, apparently no pyro this year. What a shame! Yeah. They so probably should have checked that, actually, cause, oh, no. <laughs> in no it's just
1: Logan <laughs> Council. They, they don't even have a council at the moment. <laughs> yep. That's not too reassuring, given the fact that we were
0: all
2: there for that. And <laughs> let's be honest,
0: we've all been down to Logan. What's another couple of open flames in that area? <laughs> but, yeah, so if you do have any ideas, feel free to send it through to those guys, because I'm sure any and all feedback will be welcome. But for now, let's get into segment one, but... Actually, no, before I do that, I'll do a couple of quick plugs. Uh, you can email us, brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Uh, contact Facebook, The Raw Review. We're still working on changing that to Brisbane Football Review. It's a very long story. Another
1: off-season project.
0: Uh, Twitter, at BNEFootball, and we're also available on iTunes and Wooshka. And uh, I suppose the other important thing as well, feel free to leave a review and a comment. So, yeah, we know that we've actually got people listening to us. Mum, Dad, that doesn't... Mean you?
1: <laughs> Nor my dad.
2: <laughs> Scott, do your parents listen? Uh, they would struggle to find it. Fair enough. <laughs> no. So you can say what you want about this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can say anything I like. No. All right,
0: we'll stop procrastinating. Get into our season recap. Um, we're back yeah. after the break. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really the worst case scenario. Like everything that unfolded, just
2: it, it went as bad as it could have. It. Nothing seemed to go right, did it? Right from. Well, the the, the recruitment they got the players in early, that was probably a positive given 12 months prior they were getting players in late, a lot of them were coming with injuries and it took a while to get going. This time, at least the players were there early, but you're right, even early in the pre-season, it didn't exactly exude confidence that it was going to be a return to the top of the table.
0: Yeah, I think even when they were posting big wins in that preseason friendly over, was it Logan?
2: Yeah, that's probably the biggest preseason win they had. That was a 4-0, like, yeah. you were down there. You were saying, yeah. like, it was
0: still a bit of a disjointed mm. performance, but mm. you thought they were going to, I suppose, yeah. get better.
2: Well, you were at the Peninsula Power game, James, and you you were saying after that that you weren't confident at all after well, that.
0: I just remember thinking, like, they were creating chances, but they just couldn't bury it. I remember, yeah. like, in that game alone, Adam Taggart had about 20 chances. And, you know, I I will admit, like, there were signs for concerns there, but being the optimist that I am... <clears throat> I honestly did think that as time came, the, the more chances he got, Taggart would wind up, you know, finding his feet.
1: It's, uh, it, uh, looking back at hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. And uh, I think the warning signs were there right at the get-go during that pre-season program where you're only struggling to get past potential power, who, look, we know, uh, as far as a local game go, are probably the top team at the moment. But also as well, sort of only getting past 1-0 over the um, Brisbane Premier League All-Stars. I think there were signs there where other where other A-League clubs, you know, without all disrespect to them, to their opponents, they were beating Team 5, 6, 7-0. You know, for the Raw just to struggle past even four against, say, BPL's Logan, well, sorry, FQPL's Logan Lightning. Um, yeah, look, I think there, there were signs there, but obviously, we have put yourself back in that position back in, you know, September last year, you think, okay, look, they're, they're producing things and, you know, there's, gonna, there's optimism that things will improve, but,
0: yeah, well, and then, you know, the big the first competitive match of the season was, of course, the FFA Cup round of 32 game out at Dolphin Stadium against Melbourne City, where it wasn't a game that really reached any great heights. There were a couple of chances, and I, I actually left that game feeling pretty damn good, all things considered, although I thought City would also be better this season than they turned out to be, but that was a nil-nil game through 90 minutes, you know, they kind of cancelled each other out, and it took literally 120th minute moment of magic from Bruno Fornaroli to decide that tie.
2: I, was say, I left that game tired and exhausted given the fact it went about yeah. 40 minutes longer than it should have given <laughs> the horrendous injury to Luke Bratton, but you right, they played pretty well that night, actually. It just didn't, again, like you said earlier, in the press, it just didn't click in that front third. But there, but there th- were signs po- of it then. Yeah, though. at that point as well, you, there was um, at least a bit of hope that it will it will click given a lot of some new players. Mickelson was making his first appearance, Taggart came off the bench. There was hope there, you're right, and there was signs that it was going to click, it just didn't happen... Then as we found out through the season, it didn't happen I, through I the think, season either. I was going to say,
1: that's probably the theme of the first half of the season was, there were signs there that, you know, there were signs there that, you know, it, it just has something has to click, but it never came. And yeah. I think that was probably the theme that they were probably not far away, but this is a results-driven business. Not far away is not good enough to, to get you off, you know, the bottom few places on, on the ladder. It was, well, I suppose it
0: kind of Came down to how you wanted to analyze those outcomes in the end, because it started off with a you know draw against Central Coast, where again they were creating chances and just couldn't take it. Then there was the dour, ridiculously dull draw against Wellington, nil nil, and then they fought back from two 0 down against Western Sydney in Mudgee, and I think there was another draw in there as well.
2: They didn't win a game until round five. Yeah, but so. I mean, like, Beep, like Beep they, City, they, yeah. they
0: weren't losing. They weren't yeah. losing. I think they I mean. lost
2: one of those first four. I yeah, think it was three draws and a loss.
0: Didn't they draw in Perth or did they go down 2-1? I they recall. lost in Perth. Yeah, okay. So three draws and a loss from the first few games. It at least had you thinking, okay, well, it's not going the way you'd hope, but it's not the end of the world right now. And then that win over Melbourne City, after, well, right at the start of the Bruno Fornaroli soccer, actually. And unfortunately, that was the only win in the first third of the season. And round nine came, I suppose, probably the biggest moment off the pitch for the Raw, which turned into John Aloisi resigning after a 4-1 loss in Wellington just after
2: Christmas. Yeah, that was a bizarre week, wasn't it? We were talking about, would there be a coaching change coming up? And I don't think anyone predicted it would happen the week of Christmas. That was The timing was very bizarre. I think what the record wasn't too bad then, actually. I know they only had one win from nine, but you, on, could, you, yeah. Six you could points. have turned it around from there. It's I just, obviously, there's something happened and... John decided to go, but and after that, of course, at that point it was trying to get to the end of the season because under an interim manager, as as well as Darren did, we'll probably get to that. But it just it was very difficult, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think you saw like a clear, not not necessarily a statement of intent from the raw, but certainly like an admission that okay, maybe getting something out of this season might have been a little bit beyond them, purely because of the fact of the way that they approached the managerial decision, thinking all right. You know, that, I suppose they had the choice of, we can still try and battle for something this season, but it might not be the best for the long-term future. And they clearly said, all right, let's just let's just stick with Darren Davies. He seems to know what he's doing. And in all fairness yeah. to Darren Davies, I think, considering what he had to deal with, that was an absolutely phenomenal job, even though the results were, let's be honest, at times atrocious.
1: Oh, look, at the end, it all sort of all held broken loose since then. Yeah, it, Look, it'd be really unfair to categorise, even give any sort of you know um, assessment on Darren Davies' performance as as the coach slash interim coach slash caretaker slash whatever you want to call him, because just the situation that he had to deal with after John Elwes resigned. Look, you don't you wouldn't want to put that on anyone. So, and I think you know whether and it was always the question were they going to hire a coach you know after two games, three games, and then kept on getting extended out, there, and then so said, oh, it, we're just to the end of the season. And I think given the fact that not only that, you know, obviously you had a demoralised, you know, dressing room, you know, and also as well, but the injury started to mount up. And, you know, it, what, what, what what do you expect to do other than play the kids? So, look, I think, I think as far as Darren Davies goes, you know, I don't think there is such thing as a pass or fail. I think he just did his best to try and keep everything afloat and do the best he can and get the best out of the squad they could. And in the end... Yeah, uh, look. If you look at the results, yeah, it, it is, it's unacceptable. But what can you do? If you're looking for a visual
0: metaphor for what I think, you know, the job Darren Davies was faced with this season, I think it was basically him trying to work alone in a dam that was cracking, trying to paper it over with yeah. those little tiny yeah. band-aids.
2: The one thing I will say is he was trying, though. Yeah. He tried so many different things, so many different tactics, formations, players. He gave everyone an opportunity. So he, he was genuinely trying. I, it was an impossible situation that he was handled. I think he did about as well as you could possibly do. With yeah. it, given the fact that he didn't have a great deal to work with. They didn't let him he wasn't able to bring in his own players to, to completely change. He had to work with what was left of the squad that was there. With the injuries that Adam mentioned, it was and the um, departure um, of guys like Adam yeah, Taggart as that well that was another Avram Papadopoulos. Well. Yep. It just was an impossible situation. Even, even even
1: like it was before, but not having available, you know, guys like a Jack Hingert, you know, a, a Conor O'Toole, Stefan Mork. You know those guys there. That, that alone, you add Intager and Papadopoulos. That's five. You know players that would you know walk onto any you know first team squad in the league. You're missing five. You're not. You're not going to have much success. You know, and then you're relying on on inexperienced kids to sort of you know, try and fill in those those gaps. Look, it was, it was never it was never going to end well. You know, and, and you know he tried. Well, on that
0: note of injuries. It was a total of 134 games missed for injuries and suspensions across the uh, side. Brett Holland missed all 28 uh, matches. Stefan Mork missed 21. And I honestly think his loss probably was the yeah. biggest, you know, down part of the whole yeah. season considering he was signed to be that linchpin yeah. number 10. And whether it was yeah. through injuries or suspension, he just wasn't available. We
2: never got to see him play really at all in at his absolute best in the positions that he was... Signed to play, and he just even when he was playing earlier in the year, I think he was still carrying a bit of an injury. And then he had his red card in Adelaide, and then, of course, his long term injury. I mean, it's he's it's that was such a big moment, you're right. Because if he was available for the whole season, it would have added that energy to the midfield, which was so sorely missing for the vast majority of the games.
0: And it did lead to 30 players being used that's the most since that 2014 15 side under was it Mike Mulvey and then France it's Tyson?
2: Still not the most, though. Was thirty one back in two thousand and nine, ten. Yeah, that was when well, like Ange turned basically. had a mid season recruiting, and again series. was trying
0: to band aid over the cracks. Yeah. but that's the other point as well. With you know the most since 2014-15, You remember that game? That was when they were trying to juggle Champions League and also, um, just getting into the A League finals. Yeah. And there were times where Tyson was basically just playing, like guys like Abraham Youngo, and yeah. he
2: he well, played two games with basically the youth team. Yeah, in the A League.
1: Including that side that went to Wainthong.
0: Um, Is that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The,
1: before,
0: yeah, anyway. Never mind me, I'm getting off on my own little tangent there. Um, yeah, they did. the end of the season, though, wasn't all low points. There were some phenomenal things. Like, for me, one of the big ones was the emergence of Dylan Wenzel Halls. And we'll get onto yeah. the specific players soon. But his winner against Sydney in February, round 18, that was one of the funniest games I've ever been been to like, I'm not sure. I'm still not sure what I watched a few months later, but good God, that was great. There
2: weren't many great moments for the Raw this season, but that would be the absolute number one. Firstly, winning at home against Sydney is always going to be at the top of the list for any Raw fan in any given season. But that, the way that happened, was absolutely brilliant. You're right, and then for Wenzel Halls to break into the side and get get some opportunities and takes them, that was a real positive.
0: Yeah, we've got to take all the positives we can because let's be honest, there weren't many.
2: What, four wins or something.
0: Yeah, that's it. And also, you know, it was also a bit of a a bittersweet ending to the season as well. Say farewell to a couple of club legends, including Matt McKay and Enrique. Yeah. So that's basically the season in a nutshell. Uh, We're to run through a couple of numbers as well that Scott's done so very well to compile. So Scott, you did the work. Why don't you read us? Oh, you want
2: me to read? So where are we starting at? Sorry.
0: So go with uh, Milestones.
2: All right, so Jamie Young played his 100th game. Throughout the season. I don't know which game it was, but he played his 100th game at some point. I think he's 114 now, so if you count back, you can figure it out. And Jacob Pepper played his 50th at some point. Um, there were 12 goal scorers, 11 plus the own goal, which was Harrison Delbridge. As we were just trying to work out before we hit the record button, it was Harrison Delbridge for City away. It was a 4-1 loss, was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, Taggart has, of course, got the golden boot at the Royal Awards, so he was top goal scorer, and yeah. Taggart with
0: 11, Bortiak yep. with 7, and Wenzel Halls with 5. 14 players made their debut for the Raw. Mork, Mickelson, Taggart, Lopez, Stephanie Negro uh, Dylan Wenzel Halls, Reardon, Barnett, White, Powell, Tongyik, Lokolingoy, Babal, and Duncan. Now, uh, Tongyik, Lokolingoy and Babal were all basically just signed as space fillers yeah, at well, the end of you, the season.
2: If you think about it, one was the Holman replacement, one was a replacement for Papadopoulos, and then you had the replacement for Taggart. That's what it would have been. Yep. Because uh, they were all... When we were really talking about Jones he kept saying just before he left, he wanted an injury replacement for Brett Holman. So yeah. I guess... And they finally got one.
0: Yeah. And some of the... Just a quick point as well. So you obviously had Wenzel Halls, who didn't necessarily follow a linear path from the Royal Youth team. <laughs> no. But you also had Reardon, Barnett... Uh, who else? Powell and Duncan, all yep. players promoted from what was a very good season for the Y-League mm-hmm. side. We should, you know, make note of that. Yep. The Y-League did win the grand final yep. and the
2: W-League also made the final. I was finals, just about so to say that the W-League yeah. and the Y-League were very good. It's just the A-League side that let the, yeah. let the club down and, this and year. And that's, look,
1: and this is this is where the point of, you know, where we're where, you know, when I hear people comment and say, oh, there's something wrong with the culture of the club and whatnot, I think that, that's just complete garbage. Because, yeah, look, the A-League club has struggles, and look, and they're the ones that are normally front and centre. But the Y-League won, won, won the league, and and the um, W-League made, made the finals. So, you know, th- it's not all bad. It's just the A-League, which, yeah. yes, the spotlight shines on yeah. the majority of the time. Yeah, it's a struggle.
2: But to call a whole the club... Come on. Yeah, no, we have to mention that not the. You mentioned the W League side was in the semi-finals once again. The Y League side won the Y the W League and the MPL I literally s- just said that. The NPL yeah. <laughs> W side, which is uh, the uh, basically oh, the, yeah, well, the women's sorry. academy team, did win the MPL in Queensland. So there's plenty of positive. Yeah. You mentioned that the the culture thing is garbage. I'll just, I agree with you. But I'll say one thing: six red cards and what is it? Sixty two red ca- yellow cards. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. That's, that's, yeah, but that's that's a, that's a disciplinary that's, problem that's that's that a, needs a, to be addressed that's an early in the off season. That needs to be addressed in the Aussie Because that's, like, mm. that you think about the raw. They used to be right up there at the best of the discipline. They had their best players available all the time. They didn't miss games because of suspensions. This year, too many players missed games for suspension.
0: And also, just thinking about it all up, like a lot of those, like those six red cards. I'm trying to remember what they all were, but well, two are in the one game. Yeah, against Adelaide, yeah. and those, like, I can't argue with any of those. It wasn't no. like you can say, oh, there was just and some sort of.
2: Then you had Botiaks too. I yeah, can't remember I the g- other two after that.
0: Yeah. Uh, there was Daniel Bowles committing that foul oh, against yes, Perth, course, yep. and then there was a sixth one as well. But looking at those numbers, the one argue, I suppose counter argument I will also make to the culture, you know, culture criticisms, I don't actually think the squad necessarily has like a lot of bad guys in it necessarily. Like you look at no. okay, and, like from our interactions with them when we've been in press conferences, and just looking at you know the general social, like you know their social yeah. medias. You know, some of them are a lot more prominent on Instagram than the others, but it doesn't necessarily seem like it's a group of 20-odd individuals saying, all right, let's go to work, let's go home and never do anything. Like, you always see them out doing stuff together. And Mm. I kind of feel like if there was necessarily a culture
2: problem... No, I don't think there is, because Adam and I were at the Enrique press conference at Logan when he announced his his departure. And a lot of the old cultures that Ange Potsky brought in shaking hands all the time, that was still prevalent. So the culture of those cultures, that sort of stuff, which was so um, celebrated... Back in twenty eleven, when it came in under and that's still there.
1: Look, the thing is that I think to put it in the most simplistic form about summing up the season for the Brisbane Royal A-League side this year, nice. the squad was just was not good enough. Yeah. That, it happens every year. There's for four recruitment. Yeah, well, look, and, and you know, there's reasons for it, from recruitment down to you know sort of not taking the chances, you know, to injuries, you know, being a factor in luck. You know, but the thing is, is that every year for the last fourteen seasons, there have been four clubs that have not been good enough. I think the whole thing, trying to search for conspiracy theories and oh, there's culture problems. Like, oh, sometimes I just think, you know what? I think people read too much into it. I think it's a case of this season. It was just not the raw season. We've had nine seasons of finals football, but prior to this, you know what? It was a season where you know it's it, it hasn't gone out. It hasn't gone their way. Yeah. You know what? It's time for a rebuild. See, I think yeah. I think it's as simple as I that. I like say
2: the recruitment wasn't good enough here. you think about the players mm. that were brought in? How many of those players were actually first eleven quality? Taggett, yes. Who else? I, I don't know Wenzel Hall's been at the end of the season, but at the time he was a young player being brought in to learn, and his development went as well as it could possibly have gone. But you wouldn't have said on day one that he would expect to be a starter.
1: Looking looking at the date, just the debutants list again. Mork, yes.
2: Well, well Mork is injured. Mork, that's a, yeah, no, that's no, a but, uh, but, but when you when, yep.
1: you when it's on the contract, kills, yep. right, yeah. You know, Look, Mickelson, you would you would have hoped being a you know Mickelson and Alex Lopez both being you know imports, you would have hoped they would have been they would have been good enough. Um, Lopez, I actually yeah. think
0: was actually pretty close. To, like he was at that standard. I just I'm not sure necessarily where he was mentally. Yeah. I'm wondering if he came in thinking, oh, you know, looking at the recent history of the raw and thinking, you know what, I'm actually coming into a side that could very well be dominant. And I'm wondering yeah. if maybe
2: he didn't quite... His but, role changed, actually, in fairness. Yeah. He was playing that... Small, not deep, obviously He was playing that... Little, like. Well, it changed because he played from a 3 to a 2. And I don't think being in a 2 helped him. Yeah. But I don't think those players that you mentioned... I mean, t- yeah. t- take Stefan Walk out of it because he's injured and you can't cast comments on players that are injured because you can't help that. I don't think those two Visa guys contributed enough. No, no. And that's why you find yourself down the bottom of the table. When your Visa players don't deliver... That's where you... Were to and, about and, that, and, that's, and that's
1: the whole point. That's the whole point, is that, yeah, it's... It wasn't... Like I said, they just weren't good enough. Um, well, okay,
0: well, no. I'm going to make a quick audible to the run sheet, and just... Okay. Ins- you had it down as three segments. We'll go to two, and we'll just start running through the squad.
2: Okay. But my
0: overarching thought as well is, I kind of wonder if, you know, from John Aloisi's perspective, he tried to just ling- leave that... I'm going to call it the Breuch era... He tried to let that run just a, li- a season or two too long, because we saw it last year where, okay, they didn't play all that, like they didn't play all that well, but it was still, you know, we're going to try and go with the veterans, we're going to go with the experience, we're tr- going to try and stick with them, yeah, and whatnot, and it didn't work. Then, all right, we're going to start to try and do this rebuild, when maybe it would have been better served at the end of that 2016-17 season, when Broich left, saying, all right, that's it, this is going to be. You know, this is going to be a younger team. You know, we're going to say, "All right, this is Brisbane Raw version five or whatever they're I think up they are." I
1: think they tried to emulate what happened. You know, in, earlier in the decade, where where Raw won the two championships. Then they had that off that off year when Ange left. Um, you know, through Rado and Mike Mulvey took over, where there was that dip that year, where he still managed to sort of you know crawl into the finals, and then were able to rebuild the side to a point where they were able to win the championship the following year. I think John Elwiسي Honestly, thought that 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 we've always said that last year by playing all those older guys, it was just to 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 mark time, just fall into the finals, you know, get close, and then rebuild build on that next yeah. on that next yeah. season. I think that's probably what's happened. The problem is, is that it hasn't gone the way no. he hoped. He it got went the it Went the other way. And it went the toe
2: lop. Didn't getting like guys mm. like um Jade North, Liam Miller, Matt McKay and you got the, you got one yeah. group of those players delivered and one didn't.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. it. All right, well, let's run through the squad, because okay. I, do, I do also think uh, we've got quite a lot to talk about coming up for this off-season and going forward, mm-hmm. as one of my neighbours I think is just uh, testing out his boat engine, if that's carrying over into the background. Good uh, day for it. Mm, yeah, that's it. All right, so let's start with the goalkeepers. Obviously, Jamie Young, player of the season for the Roar as yep. well. Uh, 25 appearances, just two clean sheets.
2: Like, that's that's telling. That's It's hard to judge whether that's... He probably had some goalkeeping mistakes in there, but... Given the yep. continual changes of the back four in front yes. of him, that would contribute a lot. So they conceded the 71 goals, which is a club and a league record. So that's Ooh, again history that's, That also contributes to that when you've got so many changes to the back four, it makes it very very difficult for a goalkeeper. Yeah, we, all the good teams we've had have had. A solid goalkeeper and a back four in front, which hasn't changed.
0: It's the old cliche, but having that spine of goalkeeper, yeah. centre back, centre mid, mm. and striker. Yeah,
2: but it's always been settled for the role when they've gone well. This year, it was the furthest thing from.
0: Yeah, Adam, and which I should also mention, Brendan White as well. He finally got his chance. Had four appearances, including that phenomenal win in Sydney yeah, against look,
1: Sydney. Yeah. Look, I think uh, Brendan White. Now yeah, you, you're classical. You know, number two for season. He was. He was uh, le- he was learning, but, you now obviously obviously, um, game Young was the youngest peer number one, and that's, uh, that form carried out, and he, yeah, back-to-back um, Gary Wilkins medalist.
2: I don't think he took his chance quite well enough when he got it, though.
1: But I don't think that, he's that, ever going to unseat Young. was the un- game un- after
2: Sydney? The home game after Sydney, where they conceded a few goals and mm. lost. Was
1: that, uh, was that, no, they that was the Melbourne victory, I think. The week after. Might have done him I can't him
2: remember. In. That's right, it was victory, away he had a couple yeah. of mistakes in that game, and...
0: But even so, like, I, I think he had a certain ceiling here. Yeah. Where, look, you know, yeah. everyone's got the you know team of Jamie Young jokes and everything. Yeah. But let's be honest, he's probably the first name you put on the team sheet going forward. Oh, of course,
1: it's 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 hard looking. That's the thing is, you always got to you know bear in mind you know the number the number two goalkeeper. It's it's a thankless you know job where you know where you got to be prepared to you know either it'll either be. Yeah, it's time if, if the keep the number one keeper gets a long term injury, or you just get one chance at it and you take it. And look, where I don't think it's a reflection on Brendan Wise, a player that you know he did or didn't take it. Um, especially with yeah. a makeshift patchwork defence, that probably didn't help him. So, look, it, it's hard to know.
2: In 15 years, only one raw goalkeeper, backup goalkeeper, has ever got an opportunity, and it's Jamie Young. Yeah, <laughs> every other like you think Liam Reddy, Michael Theo, now Jamie Young. They've most of the time they've been completely healthy. It's only that injury for Michael Thea right at the end.
0: That opened it up, yeah. yeah. All right, moving on to the defenders. Daniel Bowles, 15 appearances. Like a lot of the role players, struggled with health. And yeah. obviously also had that red card against Perth where I think he was trying to do the good teammate thing. Yep. where I, rem- I think it was O'Toole who was already on a yellow, so I think pulled out of a challenge. And Bowles was, thought, was thinking, okay, well, I'll just commit this foul and get it over and done with, so... It
2: had to be a, what they call, a footballing foul, might a saved him, so. Was that his last game? It would have been pretty close, wouldn't it? Maybe.
1: No, he played a few, I'm
2: pretty sure, through March. He, play, he
1: played one at right back. We got absolutely slaughtered. Um, I can't remember if it was Western Sydney or... It might have been against Western Sydney. Um, yeah, but... Yeah, look, uh, he, he's had a, a, a sort of on-off start season, but... Uh, yeah, fifteen appearances, which um, tr- triggered his uh, contract extension. So
2: did enough to get through.
1: Yeah, yeah look, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm not upset that he's sticking around, to be honest. It's interesting. I, he's, yeah. I
2: remember listening to John Cosmener on one of the pregame shows, looking back. Is he a fullback or a centre back? Centre back. Because the, the, the on Fox, they were saying, he's more of a fullback because he's not disciplined enough to be a centre back. But I think he, I think he is a centre back. I think that's, I think that has to be his position. He's
1: he played he... his best at, at centre back.
2: Yeah. I
0: think physically that's where he slots in best, but he was signed as a backup right-back.
2: I think he played right-back that first year, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Or he was alternating with Hingott, maybe? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Uh, Then, speaking of Hingott, 17 games before going out with an ACL injury in that uh, Sydney win. Well, it seems like I'm referencing that a lot so far today. (laughs) Making the most of our public holiday. We're recording this on Monday, so have plenty of time for everyone to listen to this. Um, Yeah, I... He's actually one of those guys that, look, I think he had a down season, in all fairness to him. It wasn't his best campaign, but I honestly don't think anyone had their best season this year. And you would have to hope that, coming back from an ACL injury, he doesn't rush.
2: One thing about Hinget, I was thinking, as you were talking, the thing that stands out the most is that game where he did his ACL. And he played on for, what, 10, 12 minutes or whatever? He tried his best, yeah. And you you could see he was genuinely trying to do everything he could stay on the field because that was the game that Isaac Powell came on made his debut you remember yeah where they so put was, Matt Mackay in he was left genuinely back. trying to stay there I think that's probably why but you could see he wasn't right it's like please let nothing bad happen here
0: yeah that was one of those times where you thought oh this could get worse and it turns out it was as bad as it could yeah. be for him but he's someone who I actually think with Matt Mackay leaving he's one of the leading contenders to be captain th- uh, this season we actually saw him captain I think the first few games of the season when Mackay started on the bench
2: yeah yeah, he, was, I mean, he had that captaincy thing in the preseason game too. The half-half oh, yeah, half half friendly, game yeah. Played, yeah.
1: Yeah, look if I. Uh if about the captaincy argument, you know, if it doesn't, give, it's not given to Jamie Young. I'd say he's he's right in the frame, unless there's just a, some you know an import that comes in. But uh, we'll talk about that more. Yeah, 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 yeah but yeah, yeah just just, just on but that. just on Jack Hingert, Um, yeah, look, uh, it, you're right. It wasn't his best season. Um, I think by his stands, but that stands has been pretty high, and I think you know it was it was a, it was a tragedy yeah. that you know. That he missed the rest of the season with the ACL, and all you can hope for is that he comes back you know, better than ever you know, when his full recovery comes through.
2: Speaking of injuries, you skipped over Luke Devere. Speaking I did skip knee, over Luke Devere. Speaking of players with knee injuries. <laughs>
0: yes, I was going to come back to him, but we yep. had a segue to hang it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Luke Devere, five appearances, one goal. Look, I, I've been saying this for, I think, two years now. Love Luke Devere as a player. Don't love his medical history.
2: He's, I think his knees are completely gone, aren't they? Yeah. It's a terrible shame because he that. would yeah. have been... He could have been an amazing player if his body allowed yep. him to be. He should be in his prime now. He's not 29, he 30. Should been, he should, that should be in yeah. the prime of his career now. Unfortunately, his body's let him down to the point where he... Who knows if he'll get a contract somewhere else.
0: I firmly believe that had Luke Devere's health been like held up he would have been partnering Trent Sainsbury in Russia yeah oh, possible
1: abso- it's absolutely possible. It's, it's probably probably the biggest tragedy of them all though. you know he's such, such a, you know, a good talented player Luke Devere is you know a former soccerroo when you know to see to see him you know I guess physically you know he he was good enough to make you know make an impact at youth level, but you know realistically, you know other than his experience of the game and be able to read the game, other than that, his body, just you know his mind He's was still was still there, a yeah. long way ahead of where his body was. It's just it's a, just a darn shame. And you, know, you get five five appearances and one goal this season. I think that's that's probably you know best we could probably hope for.
0: Yeah, that's it. I, I could honestly see him going into coaching. Like he might start with an NPL yeah. yep. team as an assistant or something, like play a coach type of role. But I would not be surprised if you see Luke DeVere be manager. I, I just I
1: just don't think his body can hold up to the professional level now. Yeah. Look, he may be he may be a really good signing at NPL level. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens and where he decides to it's go. The from here. <laughs> I
2: think a uh, player coaching starting in the yeah. NPL you yeah. do coaching badges. That's not a bad idea for him. Mm. If if he has coaching ambitions, that might be a great way yeah. to yep. do
1: it. But Definitely. I just I just think as a A League footballer, I think yeah, his body I think is is at the point where I don't think it's I think he's done.
0: Alright, we'll quickly run through the rest of the defenders because we've got still quite a Plenty. lot quite a lot of yeah. players to get through, thank you, injuries and suspensions. Uh <laughs> best position, right back, left back or right wing. I don't care, it's just gotta be on the right <sighs> side. If Robbie Fettler opts to play him on the left, he should not make it to half time of that game.
2: It's such a tough thing that though. Because, I agree with you about the right, but is he a winger or is he a fullback? Because they spent so long developing him as a mm-hmm. fullback. But his best games this year were on the wing. That game against Sydney FC, yeah. where just after Darren Davis took over and put charge, him on, yeah. the, on yeah. the right wing, he was probably the best player the Royal had on the park that night. Yeah. It so it's such a tough decision. I would probably say he's best suited to being an attacking fullback, given the way the modern game is going. A wingback. Yeah. But it's... He's a good utility to have, but he does need to bed down a position because you don't want to be that utility who fills in all the, all places but never nails down a position.
0: Because then you're also potentially, ex- well, you're valuable because you can fill in in a couple of yeah. positions, but you're also expendable if someone can do a job better than you. You
2: become the guy who comes off the bench and fills in here, there and everywhere. Nah. Yeah. Which is good if you're a young player, but eventually you want to nail down a spot. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely
1: agree with everything you said there.
2: All
0: right, Daniel Leck, uh, we've included him in fullbacks, but I don't think he's a fullback. I think he's definitely attacking winger,
1: Adam. Look, I think the only thing you take away from that is you know what? Well, I think, you know, tr- sort of you know, those last few games where he got absolutely slaughtered by the likes of Joey Champness and Craig Goodwin, that I think will be hopefully will be sort of a mental. A mental thing where you know he knows he can sort of you know, take on the best and do and do we can. I think that's a that's a learning experience. I think as a football talent-wise, I think there's plenty of potential there. But I think as an attacker,
2: they have experimented with him in the youth league before this year as a fullback. I think he's got the characteristics to play there, but I would want him as a winger. I'd say. Yeah. I would also say,
0: looking at the current squad composition, yeah. he would be better served trying to get further forward. Yeah. Mm. That's me, uh, Steph Negro Twelve appearances, good for him. Connor O'Toole, sixteen appearances. <laughs> they weren't good. That's the problem. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, he still managed to get twelve A yeah. League appearances yeah.
1: this season. Yeah, no, d- t- for my, for mine, probably dis- the disappointment of the season, um, as far as the squad goes. Um, yeah,
0: and he had chances everywhere. As he well. did,
1: and you know what? He did. He was a utility again, and we were talking about utilities. This is the problem about being utilities that you, you, if you can't do any, you can't do any of them properly. Then you know you're not going to last long.
0: Yep, Conor O'Toole, I think got off to a really rough start, but had... I think in that win over Melbourne City, had his best game of his career Yeah, there. I think he
2: was just building into being... to really kicking on, and then, of course, he had his horrific leg break. Yeah. So, it's a... It's, I wouldn't say it's a loss since because he still developed. He avoided that second-year thing. Remember, Corey Brown had his great first year, and then he had the dip? Yep. Connor O'Toole's managed to avoid that, which is a positive thing. Or his there.
0: dip was just significantly shorter yeah. than Corey Brown's. Either way, I think he's definitely one to... Yeah keep yep. an eye on going forward. Uh, Papadopoulos, his loss actually turned out to be massive with the yeah. health issues there.
2: Unfortunately, yeah, that was that. He was gone. Um, I think he'd lost a yard of pace before he even left, though.
0: Yeah. Ja- and Jacob Pepper, 22 appearances, actually the Raw's most most capped defender this season. <laughs> and well, I think he's, he's definitely a centre-back. I don't know if he's a starting centre-back, which is what he became this year. I feel like he's one of those players that you need to have in your squad. I remember Mark Kingsman, uh, when he was managing director at the Raw, said, Look, he's not one of those, he's not never going to be one of your superstars, but he's one of those guys you have to have in your squad.
2: Yeah, every squad's got them. I mean, look at Victory, you've got Lee Broxham, Sydney, you've got Paolo Retray, the Raw have got Jacob Pepper, and I think the days of him being called a utility need to go because he hasn't played midfield now for at least 18 months, and I think the way he's performed at centre back, that should be his position now. I wouldn't. I agree with you. I don't think he's necessarily a necessary starter in a best 11, but to have someone like that in your squad, the way he's improved... I mean, we all sort of had questions about his signing in the first place, but the way he's transitioned to be a defender... He was the Raw's best defender this year. Yeah,
1: you know, he he try, he tries hard. Yeah, you know, he he you know, obviously a bit sort of you know discipline prone then you know he will all pick up a you know, yellow card on a regular basis almost. But you know what? You're right. He he's a guy that you know you would rely on as a, as a good steady backup. You know, one you know that you would come in and do a job if you're you know, your starting centre backs, you know. Uh, injured or suspended or whatever. So look I think yeah, twenty two appearances for him at centre back, you know, he'll he'll only improve, but then again, you know, we don't I don't I don't think we expect him to set the world on fire every time, you know. He, he's just your solid squad player that, you know, every club in a salary cap league you need it. Yep. Uh Isaac Powell,
0: I think he's going to make left back the Raw's deepest position going forward. Yeah. He like and obviously I know it's very silly to consider this but He's finishing school at the end of this year. So, you know, he could very well have a massive jump come January. Well, no, when do people finish school now? November?
1: <laughs> no, Something yeah. like that. November, when, yeah.
0: When he gets back from school, he's anyway. <laughs> where he, like where he comes back. And I think he's he'll probably start training full-time as well. And that'll be a big boost for yeah. him. We'll keep moving quickly. Aaron Reardon didn't have enough consistent chances, unfortunately, no. for him. And that glory game was That's the one brutal. that
2: stands out. I mean... It, that could have really crushed his confidence. But good, see, he's he hasn't played much since then in the A League, but his performances for the youth team since then have been good, and that's the positive. Thing. It hasn't absolutely ruined his confidence because you're right. That was a really tough spot to be brought into, yep. given the fact you're down to ten men. Castro and Ke- Keo were on fire that day. That was very very tough to yeah. walk into.
0: Definitely. And Adam, we'll go to you for Ruan Tongik. Eight appearances, late season arrival. Had had his moments. Had a couple of shockers as well. But I would. He was one of the players that was announced that was leaving the club, and I was actually disappointed with that. How about you? Yeah, look,
1: um, it's one of those things there, we always knew that he, like, he showed enough, but then again, some of those performances in that, those last two home games where he just seemed to be hopelessly out of position, whatnot, probably hurt his stock. And I think it was, yeah, when, it's almost like when you're, you're first in, you know, when you're last in, you're going to be first one out, and I think, you know, it's no great surprise, a little disappointing, but, um, but yeah, look,
2: I was with you, James, thinking he should stay. Then I went back and watched the highlights of the Adelaide game. Out of position for three of the goals. Yeah, well, he's out of position for two of them. Well, but still, I mean, I can completely understand why he was let go.
0: But I feel like as a player, he's that sort of guy that will need a little bit of stability and consistency. And he would have had the chance to get that in Brisbane.
2: I think
1: that's what they, I think it was the hope. I think with the with the massive clean out, you know, it, it would have been very very hard for to convince, you know, Robbie Fowler and his team, and that you know that he could be part of sort of the, the rebuild. I think you know if there was consistency, or if Darren Davies, would, you know, was appointed full time coach, then there's probably more of a chance. But when when you get the foreign, when or I should say foreign, but you when you get the outside influence of a new manager coming in. It was just always going to be a cull, and I think players, a player like him was never going to survive.
0: That's right. I can, I can see why he left. That doesn't mean I you know have to agree yeah. with it, but yeah. there's also a reason why I'm standing in my lounge talking to you two instead of <laughs> trying to sign players to contracts. All right, that was the defenders. We're going to move on to midfielders now. All right, so we're going to start off touching on Jay Barnett. Three appearances. He played a whole of 34 minutes. I don't think I'm even going to be able to give him 34 seconds because that it was just not enough to gauge with him. Yeah, uh, Joe Coletti. Different 30... from making his debut, though. Yes, yeah. he and did. look,
1: and the, he's getting consistent game time at the moment in MPL um, Queensland, so I think that's where you make your assessments whether he's going to go on.
0: Yeah, but in terms of his A League impact, yeah. it was uh, yeah. na. Yeah. Uh, Joe Coletti, 13 appearances, buried on the depth chart. I think unfortunately he was one of those guys that suffered from being too similar to Matt McKay, so he, he couldn't play with him, and he couldn't necessarily yeah, yeah. play. In his place either. He
2: came in the season six to us midfield. You think about it with all the guys ahead of him, and it's it's really, It's a real shame because two years ago we were talking about Joe out after his Champions League exports as the future of the club and in that midfield position. Clues. And it's just for the last two years he hasn't really been playing at all. I mean, thirteen games this year, I'd bet on the majority of those were off the bench yeah. until the very end where he was started a couple of games, but. The majority of those were late cameos off the bench. That's not enough football. So I think for if he's leaving, I think which he is, it's probably a good thing. For if him, he's yeah. not going to play here, yeah. he might as well move on. Yeah, it's no. just a shame he never got the chance to really establish himself.
1: Look, I can, I can see he could potentially be one of these players that, you know, in a couple of years' times, that the, the those you know smartass fans remind everyone else, oh, raw, we'll let him go because. But for him personally, I think yeah, the best best move for him is to get out of Brisbane, build your career somewhere else. Yeah, you know, and if he comes back and to us.
0: So be it. All I will say to that is Barcelona let Cesc Fabregas go. I mean, sure they resigned him later on, but that's a different story. Uh, Zach Duncan, he was a shock breakout. Speaking at the end of, of the... Barcelona,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll get onto that in a little bit. But um, he was—he came out and had four really good games.
2: He was brilliant when he came into the side, particularly at the end of the season, playing in that midfield again. He brought that energy that was lacking, and he added something to the side, and it was. It was really, really good to see him. He did so well in the Y-League team. But we all thought probably next year would be his breakthrough. He got that chance and, boy, did he take it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I could watch that slide rule pass to D'Agostino for the penalty against Adelaide over and over and over in a dark room on my own. Brett Holman, zero appearances. We've already touched on him. Christensen, another player whose body just seemed like really gave out on him, yep. on him at the end of the year. Yeah, look,
1: just just on Thomas Christensen, you know what? We got three seasons out of him. You know, he was good for two last season. He was on the wane. It did look as no. yeah, you know, he wants to go. He wants to go back to Denmark. You know, it's almost yeah. Thanks, TK. and you know, yeah, he everything. had a
2: he, he wasn't a foul signing. He was that first season in midfield. He was really really important. Yeah.
0: It's just legs went this year. Yep. And my fond memory of Thomas Christensen will be him screaming at Riley McGree after he dove to turn <laughs> Christensen a yellow card. Anyway, um, yeah, Alex Lopez, 25 appearances, three goals. Flashed,
2: but was. I, he did disappear. He didn't do enough defensively for me. Yeah, defensively, what? he was not. He did not track back enough and cover the team the way you'd need an experienced midfielder to do particularly in those later games where he was playing with guys like Coletti and Duncan, etc. You need your leaders in that position to do, to actually be like the leaders on the field and I don't think he lived up to that enough. On the ball, you're right. He was really good going forward and he had a lot of good moments. It's just, on the whole, it just wasn't quite enough.
1: I think for mine about Alex Lopez, that you know, if he if he was an Australian player, I'd say, you know what, it's a possible season, but his... But being a, f- a foreign you know, import player, n- no, it's not good enough. Um, like I said, th- there was a f- deficiency, as you said, Scott, with yeah. his defence. That he'd you know, leave a lot of his you know, fellow you know, defenders you know, high and dry because he just wouldn't track back. Yeah. Um, and then there's another player we'll talk about shortly. Yeah. Same, guilty of that as well. Look, there, again, but there were flashes of brilliance. But for me, as a, as a visa player, it was enough. And yeah. you know what? He yeah, At the end of the day, no problems with him being let go. Yep, fair
0: enough. Stefan Mork, five appearances. Yeah, I think he obviously was supposed to have a much bigger role. Yeah, than he yeah. did.
2: Huge, That's huge,
1: huge loss, and that and that really you know set the raw back um, immensely. The question I actually have about Mork though is if
0: the raw were you know hovering you know fourth, fifth, sixth, trying to battle for a finals position. Were that like, would Mork have been able to play come February, March, even if he would have been about 90 percent, well, and or did they just say? I, I well, think
2: they were nursing him along a long way because he didn't have the operation until January. I'm pretty sure.
0: So was there? They,
2: they might have been. Pl- we'll try and nurse him through, and if he's if he's right or close enough to right, and we're in the hunt, we'll bring him in. But obviously, they were nowhere near it, and yeah. there's no reason to risk him, which actually was a, like when you think about it yeah. it's the smart decision as well and sometimes
0: you don't necessarily see that no
1: anyway yeah. look being honest three, three, three year contract as well uh, when, when four sort years of, wasn't it four, oh, yeah. four years well yeah he's one, one's completed three more years I guess you can have the liberty of saying you know what your season's done go have surgery we'll see you next season
0: yeah get, get right and come yeah. into next season yeah. at 100% um, Matt Mackay we've said it all speaking about him of before. good young players mm-hmm. yeah well you know does he have a future as a defender
2: Oh, they're, they're short on centre backs at the moment, aren't they, Larol? Yeah, well, they let a few go. But yeah, look, he was—he was the was everything you expect Matt McKay to be. Yeah. He's, his ex- legs were. Was he wasn't as quite and... as sharp in terms of his leg speed anymore, but he still ran around and he threw himself into everything. Yeah, he you can't—you he can't say in any game he walked off the field didn't give everything because. You think about how many... Remember the one game he played three positions? Yeah, that was a city yeah. game where he no started off in centre
0: mid, then went to left back, and then went to centre back. Mm. And I still remember sitting in my mm. seat looking at... And the look on his face when Davey said, you're going to centre yeah. back, where I think he could have actually spoiled the ending of Avengers yeah. Endgame <laughs> and gotten a... No spoilers. Yeah, no, no. Russo brothers say you can from today. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but... But we, that sums it up he would do anything for the Raw. And it was kind of fitting, you know, he, he got his farewell, which... Like you remember the way Broich went out with that. He yeah. didn't. Did he play in that final in Melbourne?
2: Yes. Yeah, he did. Came off the bench.
0: That's right. He came, played in that final in Melbourne, but then, you know, he didn't necessarily get that.
1: There was the hope w- that he'll off at home. There was the hope he was going to play that Champions League game, um, and end up didn't happen, and end up doing half a lap of the. Um Half a lap of this, uh, which I stance. think gave us
0: all a cold waiting for him. Yeah, yes, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah.
1: But just, just on Matt Mackay, Look, you know, it, as you said, there's not much more to say. He, he gave everything for his entire career for the club. Um, look, right to the, right to the very end. You know, and, and like the most self-indulgent thing was his walk-off. You know, I, I think in his, in, in his view. So look, I think at the end he's going to be missed. I think it's as simple as that. It may be not as far as ability-wise, but that leadership and what means yep. to play in the raw Jersey, that is what's going to be missed.
0: It's going to be a huge fill void to fill that one. And there is definitely space at Suncorp Stadium That's on the uh, Southern Plaza for the statue opposite to John Eels. That's right, mm. get onto it. That's right. Um, all right, I'll try and make this quick as well, because we've been going for quite a while, actually. Uh, on the forwards, we've got Ellie Babar, five appearances. Yeah. That was enough. It uh, didn't Eric, quite
2: work, did it? No. Nah,
0: I think they try, When they brought him in, there was a clear tactical shift trying to get the ball into him. And I think if they'd actually... If he'd been there for a pre-season or something and they'd had time to work on it, I think that would have been a viable strategy. I, I like the potential of pairing someone with his style of play with Dylan Wenzel Hall's. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure that it worked on the fly. I don't, right. I don't think
1: he fits into the how raw play there. Play the... Um I guess their, their structures and whatnot, so it's no surprise the m- impact is very minimal for him. I do want to uh, dedicate a bit of time to Eric Bortiak, mm-hmm. though.
0: Twenty-five yep. appearances, seven goals this season, capping a two-year career in Brisbane, and I, I, I loved the guy's skill, and you know that lasting memory of that yeah. penalty. But I'm in no way, shape, or form upset that he's going. I think for uh, as a marquee, he did not live up to what he should have been, and
2: quite honestly, he's like. Good, but thanks. The goals came too late, didn't they? Yep. The majority of those goals, in those seven, came in the last handful of games where the raw season was over. And if you you want your marquee player to score seven goals in the first third of the season to have you in contention, he didn't quite deliver that. Now you can say the team wasn't ideal around him, but he needs he needed we needed more from him. And the one as thing good that, as he yeah. was.
0: And the one thing that I will also say as well, like, I feel like his attitude and approach, like his you know, yeah. penchant for. A stupid challenge, or you know, just being a bit petulant on the pitch, and not in the Matt McKay way, which you, you know you learn to love, but just the the late challenge, the cynical foul. I honestly thought that was too much of a risk for him as well. A couple,
1: couple of things on on uh, Bochek for mine. Um, if if what they're saying, the reported one million dollars a season. Uh, look, th- for what he output and where he output, you want your marquee to step up in the big situations, and look, he did not do that. I don't I don't think. I think, yeah, you pair him with a, another good player. I think he's great. And that's why, for I think, you know, without sort of absolute speculation, I think uh, if he goes to Melbourne Victory, you know, and you still have Ole Teuven in there to run off and, all their, and their other midfielders, I think he's going to make a huge impact. I don't know whether they can afford him. Mm. Um, well, but,
0: Honda's apparently leaving. Yeah, okay.
1: that's why. I yeah, yeah, but... He, He's a marquee, so that's FFA-funded marquee. So, but yeah, look, I think. A lot, but there was, I think, but there's also a reason. And we're talking about his discipline and all that, you, you, you saw that for you know many seasons, Thomas Broich get absolutely whacked every single time, to- every single game. And you know what? And only very rarely would he react. Unfortunately, I think with Eric, he seemed to have a very short fuse on that, and I think that co- it cost that cost his team at least twice.
2: James when he got sent off, agreed. the only thing I'll say is, mm. I still thought he was the Royals' best player this year. Well, that's yeah. To exactly me, it. he was still the team's best player. For everything we've just yeah. said about him, he was the best player for the team this season. I mean, he looked at the Raw and thought, "Who's going to do something?" You, he was the first name he thought of. He's the guy who's going to make swing happen. But
1: unfortunately, he didn't. He didn't step up when he needed to step up. Like you can be, you can be the best player, and when when you know, you're beating you know, Central Coast Mariners five three, but you now when we need him to step up. We need to step up, you know, in those big games like you're trying to control at like the Perth game where it was sliding. Yeah, you know, I know he's an attacker, but still, you know, his experience, and leadership probably need to come to the fore a bit more, and he just didn't do that. Nothing for a million dollar marquee player. That's just not good enough. Yep. All right. But look, but he did have a great, he did have a good career while he was here. Like I said, you don't want to. Take that away. I just think, you know, for the expectation, it didn't meet, but he's still a very, very good player for the club.
0: And one final thought as well. Um, he was the guy who replaced Thomas Broich. You can't yeah. sugarcoat it any other That's way. That's a tough
2: set, cool. set of circumstances to fill in as yeah. well. And the That's guy who was going to replace...
0: Yeah. It, it's like, you know, replacing anybody, like replacing Thierry Henry or being... Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Or, or be, whoever the next guy is to try and replace Matt McKay. Or Good be, luck to
0: him. being David Moyes trying to replace Sir Alex oh, Ferguson. don't bring that up. <laughs> please. Don't bring that club up. <laughs> going to throw
2: something out the window in a minute. <laughs>
0: yeah, try. Uh, anyway. You uh, really want me to try? Oh, the screen door over there. Okay. Nick D'Agostino, uh, 17 appearances, one goal. He finally got broke through in that final yep. game against Adelaide. I think he's still got a lot of development to do. Yep. But I think he certainly can do it. And let's be honest... You know, one of the advantages of bringing in Fowler as manager. There's a lot to look forward to for the future.
2: It is. The one good thing for him is when he went away to the Oli he kicked on. He got some real confidence out of those games. And you could see it in his game the last handful of games after that for the Raw. He was he was a much more confident player. And you're right, the goal he scored against Adelaide, will, that will do him the world of good. Unfortunately, he hasn't got a competitive game for a few months now. But it's a good way to win the season for him. And you're right, having having Robbie Fowler there, that sort of experience as a striker, that should benefit him.
1: And one, one more thing about um, about daggers is uh, develop that long throw. Keep working on it because it yeah. is it is a weapon that yeah. know, it's a, it's, a, it's a dying art form in this game. And you know, if he's able to you know to imp- increase on that and you know cr- increase the length of that and just a, the accuracy on that, yeah. that's going to be a weapon going going forward. Yeah. So you know keep it's working as,
2: at it. That's as good as a corner. And yeah. I
0: do also, and just as a thought as well, you know, Rory Delap, new Brisbane Roar throw-in coach, but then you've also got the then you've also got the likes of. Like, I feel like his best asset is his versatility as well. Like his yeah. best as a striker, but I feel like yeah. in a pinch he can also say, "All right, we need you to fill in at wing on this game. Yep. We need you to play number 10. Okay. He's got that versatility, and I think there's a lot to look forward yeah.
1: to. Yeah, I, I think yeah, well, I think the I think. Being selected for the Ruse. I think that's probably the best thing. Cause that's where he sort of all of a sudden he, his game picked up. So hopefully he can go on with it. Do not
2: overlook Shannon Brady either. The fan club's going to be so angry oh, at you. Say. They're going to be so angry at you if they I, had a, I had a joke already to go,
0: Scott. Okay, well you can use it anyway if you want. Oh look, sorry, I completely missed Shannon Brady. So did the Aloesies. Moving on to Montreke. <laughs> <laughs> good luck to Shannon that was on the Gold Coast.
2: that was a really good one-stellar performance away to Wellington, where he came off the bench. Was that in the 4-1 loss? Yeah. Was that yeah. Lucy's last game?
0: Yeah. Well, look, it, you know, maybe wrong place, wrong time for him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but another one where he had to get out of there and you know and and rebuild his career elsewhere. And he, look, he's going, he's going okay for Gold Coast Knights. So, yeah. look, he, he might he might follow the, the Wenzel Hall's path.
0: You never know. All right. Uh, moving on. Enrique, 25 appearances, three goals. I loved what he used to be, but I think yeah, he's been
2: and gone. When he was coming off the bench this year, he still had an impact. It's just when he was when he was starting. It just he didn't have the leg speed to to be a starter anymore, and we yeah. have said that three years ago. the timing is fair. good for him to move on, yes, yeah, yes. look
1: about just on, on enrique you know look I don't think he be expected to get as much there's much you know influence as he had to, and I think it's because yeah they're just down on troops, so he yeah look he he had, he had a decent season, but you know obviously nowhere near the Enrique that we know, yeah ability yeah. wise anyway,
0: Mickelson. Good attacker, non existent defender. Was he? Yeah, well, he came through in a couple of those games. Oh. Uh, like I mean, He's got to I'd, have a big spray uh, here, so I'm just going to move over. Uh, no, it's not
2: that, not that big a spray. <laughs> I,
0: I was more ish, iffy about his uh, defensive work. I think there were times where you could what see. What
2: defensive him work?
0: well where he was wandering 40 meters behind play doing the diego Castro. that
2: was that was a serious problem though. remember the newcastle game away when aloisi was still in charge and yep. he hooked him but 5 minutes after they conceded a goal because of that yeah and it continued all all season long. the the um second last home game against newcastle i thought he i talked to, i thought he left daniel leck yeah. all high and dry I, that's you that was the time you a young fullback against a tricky wingy Want him to cover he didn't do enough of that stuff yeah he might have been okay going forward but you have to do that defensive work. And he dis- just wasn't either willing or able to do it. It's
1: one thing. You now you're experience right back in um, in Jack Hingott that could probably fend for himself a little bit. But yeah, the way in you know, the way he sort of for whatever reason whether he didn't have the ability or didn't want to do it, you know, not track back and left Daniel like high and dry. It's just yeah, um,
2: not ideal. Th- yeah, it's particularly when you're trying to learn on the fly in that position, as you rightly asked um, Darren Davies a couple of weeks ago. And yeah,
1: quite frankly, yeah, as a, as a visa player, not good enough. No, see you later.
0: All right, so then there was also Adam Taggart. Uh, he played half-season with Raw, so we'll give him half a row. Rev- <laughs> anyway. <laughs> he,
2: look, he was pretty good when he was there, to be and He was nursing yeah. an injury that whole time yeah. as
0: well. I remember him. He he looked
2: like he was struggling. I think it was a groin problem. Because he was in the Asian Cup discussions. Yeah, no, Serious discussions to be in that squad as a bolter. And he, until that injury, you're right, he probably would have deserved it. Look, 11 goals in half a season... That's uh, that's no mean feat. And a few for missed a penalties as yeah. well. That's a, that's a good return though, given everything that was happening around him. Unfortunately, I know he left, but that's unfortunately,
0: a... he was one of those guys who came to work with Aloisi, and then there was no Aloisi yeah. to work yeah. with. So yeah, but the thing
1: is, the thing is as well on the other flip side about Adam Taggart, the amount of chances he butchered or missed. That's probably what's you know, eleven goals is quite impressive in nineteen games. But the fact that yeah, you know, he probably should have had a hat trick
2: against, against Central yeah,
1: Coast I... in, in game one. He should he should have had a hat he, trick.
2: He was still on that McLaren path, sorry, Adam. To yeah. me, he if he had a, he could have gone down that path of developing. He, if he stayed, he probably would have got twenty goals like McLaren did. Yeah, but
1: I think I think he's, he's going alright at the moment. In yeah. um, I think six six goals. I think he's got with yeah. uh Suwon. So, yeah. so yeah, he's. He, he, I think I think for him personally, I think the move is justified. Mm. It's just that yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: All right, uh, Dylan Wenzel, Hall's breakout player, twenty appearances, five goals, mostly late in yeah. the season, and. He, he you know, was put in a sink or swim situation. Boy, did he swim like Michael Phelps.
2: We're f- we're finishing strong here. Yeah. Because we, when at the start of the season, we all thought if he gets a handful of appearances off the bench, that's a good start for him. It's about building. I don't think any of us thought he would play 20 games and starting 11 of them, I believe. But again, that's, that was a bit of a needs must. Yeah, it was needs must, but he got thrown into the fire against Adelaide. Remember that away game where they lost? That was mm. his first start. Yes, yeah. when I did my uh, commentary debut with Wraith. <laughs> yes, you did too, because there were lines that night. But... It was, that was his, got thrown into the fire that night, and it worked so well. And ever since then, as a starter, he's looked really good. He's he's the one real bright spot the Raw can take out of this season. And my favourite thing about
0: him as well, he's got a little bit of a prick side to him yeah. as well. We saw him agitating Ryan Grant and whatnot, and I think, they, you know, someone may very well slap him, but... Sorry, you mean Ryan Grant. Sorry, yes, my bad. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I do like he's got that edge to his game as well. So, you, you can take the boy out of Ipswich, but you can't <laughs> take the Ipswich out of the boy.
1: Look, yeah, uh, yeah, he, he took. The, we talk about opportunities. He took his opportunity, yeah. and yeah, you know, he has. Yeah, uh, I'm to at the world is feet. The, the old cliche, but he certainly, you know, has the opportunity to go on and really establish himself as a professional footballer in the next couple of years. You know, be at the raw, or beyond, beyond that. Yeah. Um, the one, I think, the one debate I think that we're always going to talk about with uh, Dylan Winslow Halls is what would have happened had. John Aluisi got the crystal ball out and said, oh, he's going to do this and start him from game one. What would have happened? I'm, I fall in the camp that, you know what, and Scott and I, we, yeah. you, we were talking about this yesterday, um, that I think it was probably one of the few things that John Aluisi did right. is the way he managed Dylan Winslow Halls so at that point. Didn't throw him in the fire too early. And when the opportunity came, he took it. And um and look, yeah, he's had he's himself for a number yeah. of years
2: now. One last one, which probably segues into we're talking about next is um I don't want to see him be a squad player next year. He has to play. Yep. He's definitely. got to be in... Even if it's not as a starter, he's got to be in the match day squad every game next year if he's fit. He has to play. If yep. he's going to continue to develop, he has to play. That's the only way it's going to happen. And he's done more than enough in the last third little season to justify it.
0: Yep, definitely. He's one of those guys that you pencil in for a starting 11 role next season. Yep. We're going to talk about next season when we come back after this. We've been talking for an hour, so I need a drink of water. We'll be back after this. This is a Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review 2018-2019 Raw Season Finale Review slash 1920 preview. I will definitely come up with a much quicker title for uh, when we post it on Wooshka and iTunes and whatnot. It's James Scott and Adam with you here on this Monday afternoon. Did you use the endgame joke last week? No, I really should have, though
2: fits this one perfectly, doesn't it? Anyway, go ahead.
0: I'm still tired after watching Game of Thrones this morning, all right? Yep.
2: No spoilers. <laughs> Not that I watch it.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Yay, yeah, yeah, spoilers. Traffic was good.
0: Yeah, thanks for the public holiday. <laughs> anyway, so for segment two, if you survived our marathon, segment one, reviewing what was a pretty rough A-League season, let's be honest. Um, now we're going to look forward, I think. We're going to try and keep it you know, forward-focused and talk about... What we think needs to happen between yep. now and when we come back for our regular shows come July, when the FFA Cup round of 32 kick starts. But before we do that, we should mention as well, Brisbane Football Review is of course not going away. You've got uh, Scott and Adam, which will be doing NPL post-game shows at least once per weekend, as far as I'm aware.
2: Yeah. Yes. Hopefully. All things being well.
0: <laughs> All thi- and uh, yeah, you'll be able to catch those on our Facebook page, the Raw Review.
2: And if you can commentate NPL will get you involved as well
0: yeah well if I get the same game that you're at yeah as opposed to you guys avoiding me like I've got the plague
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's onto a stem. <laughs>
0: yes that's right but uh, yeah we've got yeah so as you mentioned Scott yeah. I'll be doing commentary for Football Queensland on NPLW I believe I'm on again this weekend so keep an eye out for that and you've also got uh, yeah NPLW FQPL and I don't know maybe, yeah. maybe they'll trust me with the big boys F- at some stage
2: yeah. There's a lot, lots to look forward to out there for football fans in the southeast because the yeah, fake-up qualifiers coming up as well. That's coming to the and so yeah, The raw season's finishing, but there's still plenty of great football out there to watch.
0: Yes, definitely. So if you're a football fan, the season never really ends because you've got the NPL, yep. all those local competitions We've, as well. And
1: there's um, and there's some big games coming up in the next couple of weeks that could shape the NPL Queensland season. So you know, get out there and follow you know your local football,
0: or just go watch as many games as you can because. quite a few of those grounds just let you in. So, anyway, let's get on to... Well, I'll start off talking about the A-League as a whole next year Mm -hmm. because it is going to potentially have a massive implication on how teams are operating next season as well. We've already seen the news come out, uh, possibly that the Newcastle Jets owner is looking to sell, Mm -hmm. uh, saying it's slashing the operating budget and possibly... I think that was FTBL, formerly 442, that had that report, saying that basically, yep, I'm done. I'm out, and it's going to be a very different Newcastle Jets next season. One of those players that is going to be on the way out is Roy O'Donovan. With also FTBL reporting that he could turn into John Aloisi's uh, first—not John Aloisi, <laughs> Robbie, no. uh, the other striker, Robbie Fowler. <laughs> Robbie Fowler's first signing. So. All those
2: strikers are the same. <laughs>
0: yes, that's right. Once you play in one European club, you played for them all. But uh, yeah, it could be Robbie Fowler's first signing. And I got to be honest, my first thought when I saw that was,
1: look, I um. I, I look at slightly differently. I think he would be a handy pickup, as long as that's not his biggest high-profile signing. That you would hope that you know, as you know, a serviceable striker. I think that you know, he he'll go all right, especially you know, in the same sort of line, front line as um, Dylan Wenzel-Halls. The thing is, but if he's the best of it, then we're and then there's going to be serious problems. I think because there needs to be a lot more quality in there. But you know, it's one of those ones where I think you will set. With, we could assess further you know, down the track and see how he fits in the squad. Yes, that's right. We he's, just wanted to get onto that. Yeah, uh, he's story thirty-three please. now.
2: Yeah. Nah. I mean, t- he. I think his his goals per season has dropped each year. I would. I wouldn't be th- banking on him being the leading the line if I was making that decision. I've got a couple of ideas later on, but I wouldn't be. He wouldn't be my choice, I, but he. I, he will probably score goals if he does join. It's just is he the right choice? He might be the right fit for Robbie Fowler's system, which we don't know what it'll be. Well, that's so the other big question be...
0: about the Raw, is we don't know what system Fowler you
2: know, is going to be playing next season. Well, we don't know how the league's going to be shaped up yet. That's the big thing. <laughs> that's right.
0: And I want to go back to the, I believe, Enrique uh, departure press conference. And Chris yep. Fong actually had this to say about the future of A-League independence. The future
2: of the A-League and the independence and stuff like that, how much has that impacted on the, the coaching appointment? And the well, I mean, team?
1: I think... This is clearly a commitment from us that we believe that the, the independence is coming.
0: We're going to get what we want. It's going to be better for the game. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're
1: ended, towards the end of the season and we need to make a decision. And uh, we're committed. And I, I think the rest of the clubs are committed. Um, and it's just, just going through the
0: process. And I, I mean, the FFA had, uh, a week ago announced that they, they're, they're committing to
1: independence and we need to go through that process and, uh, and finalise it.
0: Okay, so that was Chris Fong there. And I believe that was actually at the Robbie Fowler introductory press conference as well. So I don't, there, there were about three major press conferences in the space of six days. So yeah. forgive me if I get yeah. them all mixed up. Yes. So was not the, the, <laughs> the hectic week. The hectic week, wasn't it? It was. It was a very, very big week. But yeah, um, so we know that it's. it seems like from all reports that it's going to happen. It seems like clubs are going to... I don't know what's going to happen to the salary cap, though.
2: Like That's the big thing. If the salary cap the league goes independent, the owners all want to get rid of the salary cap. Can they do that by June 30, which is the deadline? Say the league goes independent June 30, can you scrap the salary cap at that point for for this upcoming season? I don't know. They might have to wait 12 months to do that because that could completely change how you go about recruitment because if there's no salary cap, you can sign as many top-quality Visa players as you can sign five Visa-quality or marquee-quality Visa players if you can afford it. It changes the whole landscape in which you work. Yeah, it definitely does. Which means a whole, you could have two different lists going at the moment. And yeah,
1: that's, that's and that's exactly it. You know, you, you look at um, someone like Perth Glory at the moment, and they've got some big decisions to make. You know, whenever their season finishes, be it next week or you know, with after the grand final. And you'd think the way they're they're signing at the moment and re, and re-signing, there would be sort of a suggestion that perhaps there may not be a salary cap in place to restrict. Whereas at the moment it sounds like you know in Newcastle, for example, they're in freefall at the moment, where where Laurie McKinnon's recently come in and said that there would be probably no marquee sign next season, and with with Martin Lee deciding to sort of either to reduce his his spend on the club, they they could go the opposite way, where they may they may even struggle to get the um the salary floor. Yeah, so you could wind up with a very big case of the haves
0: and the have-nots, and it's massive for brisbane to make sure that they're in that top yeah. top group making sure that they're competing for finals competing for asian champions league spots as well because let's be honest the sporting pu- it's not a brisbane thing but the brisbane sporting public is fickle it's not unique to this city yeah. it's not unique yeah. to the raw it's everywhere you go take yeah. a look at you know the nhl the yeah. nba take a look over yeah. in you, with some of those european clubs cool. at how fickle some of those fans are they need yeah. to have a winning product the
2: lions Sum that up, and I'm not talking about the Lions at Richlands here. The Lions at the Gabba, yep. for 10 years they've been pretty ordinary. This year they've kicked off to a good start, and they had the last home game a couple of weeks ago was a sellout for the first time in a long time. Yeah, well, all the you're right. It's, like it's very much like that, East though. Stuff. Brisbane as look. It's not a knock on Brisbane. It loves. We love a bandwagon here. Yeah, well, it's when a, choice when a of team is, choice. when a team is going well, the city will get behind it. Yeah. So I if the if the raw go well, like, people will get behind them. If they don't. That, so they have to you're right, they have to be in that top bracket in well, order for that to happen. And I think it's,
1: and I think that's why there's always a suspicion about the batteries and mm-hmm. how much money they're putting in because I think the the Brisbane sporting public and Raw fans in general, they expect the Raw to be one of those top clubs that, you know, you got you got the two Sydney clubs, you know, the potentially three well not potentially, the, the three Melbourne clubs, you know, we don't know like Western United and gonna come in, you know. And do nothing. They they they're shaping who announced up Mark Rudan
0: as their coach, confirming the worst kept. Oh, season I don't confirmed football. is it? Ooh. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Okay. Oh okay. Could it
2: it be, might as well nice be. Missed that. Yeah. It might as well be.
1: Yeah. But yeah, look, they're gonna. The thing is that, and I think the raw, I think where they sit the moment with their, all the their three championships, they need to be at the top as well, yeah. and uh, which means that you that the expectation to bring in marquee signings, you know, and quality players are. You no, know, it's it's accentuated.
0: Well let's look at what's uh got co- uh what's coming for the Raw then next season where we talked about last week the clear out going on with the Raw. Fourteen players have left Bortiak, Babal, Coletti, DeVere, Enrique, Brett Holman, Thomas Christensen, Charles Lokolingoy, Alex Lopez, Matt Mackay, Tobias Mickelson, Stephanie Gro, Ruin Tongyic, and Brendan White. And as it turns out there was a story from Marco Monteverde talking about I forget what it was but buried in the second half of that story was the revelation that it seems like Zach duncan It going was
2: about O'Donovan actually. Yeah, that's that was about the story.
0: Yeah, so it seems like uh he it seems it like Zack be... Duncan who was a promising youngster could be on the way out as well.
2: back it to it 15. That's a that's a big loss that because that we is talked huge, yeah. we talked about in that marathon first segment what a impact he had in limited minutes at the end of the season. I think he I think he could have been a player you could have in your match day 15 every game next year and if he's not going to be there, it's a massive shame. And it's it, that's what she said that they raw were reluctant to offer him an A-League deal. And if that's the case, I don't understand that one. Yeah. I, no. he, I, if it was my decision, which obviously it's not, I would have been more than happy to give him an A-League deal.
1: Look, as a as a young player, you know, if he if he's been given an opportunity, you, you really it's probably not the right thing to stand in his way. I think yeah. Look, uh, for whatever reason, you know, maybe maybe. The the raw at the moment they don't look at you know four games as enough to be able to say he he's an A League contract you know your your you're hope you're signing on a hope and wing and a prayer that you know his potential is going to be realised From what we saw it's positive so but if he's able to get an opportunity elsewhere then you know what it's a case of well you know you got to take it I think for him you know he can if he while the iron's hot at the moment he's, he's got the opportunities want to go for
0: it yeah definitely all right so. The squad that, as it currently is constituted, you've got Jamie Young alone goalkeeper, Aaron Reardon, Connor O'Toole, Dane and Daniel Bowles, Jack Hingett, and Isaac Powell as the confirmed defenders. Uh, I actually think that's... Like, you've got... I suppose you, you've you got Hingett, yep. and then you've also got the guys, you know, on the maybe next tier below Hingett.
2: Yeah. Hingett no O'Toole should be your full backs. Yep. So you've got half your back four sorted, which is a good start.
0: But then you also do... I do feel like one of the biggest uh, recruitment questions for Fowler is making sure that he gets... A solid. I would even be willing to use a marquee spot on it, a centre back. Yep. Yeah. Uh, midfielders, you've got Stephen Mork, and yeah. The, oh, you've also got the youngsters <laughs> on scholarships. Of course, you've got Baffert and Barnett. Um, Macklin Freak is also a youngster on a scholarship. The goalkeeper. Yeah.
2: They were this year. I don't know if they will be next year. Well,
0: you could see a couple of them yeah. getting promoted going forward. I would not cool. be at all surprised if Macklin Freak is a backup Mac- goalkeeper next Adam's year.
2: Adams does this a lot. Macklin Freak. Yeah. As a backup Should keeper, I think, so as well. I think so. I think. He's a highly touted young goalkeeper. I think he's is he under twenties or under eighteen Australian uh, national under
1: twenty under twenties, yep. and like I said he, it's the right path for him. He he has been you know outstanding in MPL Queensland for you know one and a half seasons now. So I I'd be shocked if he wasn't elevated to number two.
0: Yep, definitely, yep. and I think he's earned that spot as well. Like
1: Absolutely, I I say that not because of potential that he has shown you know time time again at MPL level that you know he he's up to it. No, he obviously is a number two keeper in the A in the A League. He probably deserves a chance. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Especially with Jamie Young as the underspeed number one.
0: Yep, definitely. And then the confirmed forwards are Dylan Wenzel Halls and Nick Dagostino. Again, we spoke about it before. Wenzel Halls will be the like I think he's gonna be a starting eleven player. Yeah. Uh and Dagostino, I think with the right recruitment could very well be. You could easily see those two getting deployed if you've got yeah, I guess
1: Roy O'Donovan. But. One of
2: them as a the starter, one coming off the bench, sort of thing, potentially. Yeah, that's it. You, you could see them working yeah. in tandem as well. I would, yeah. I
1: would like to see Nick D'Agostino get a you know, a longer run as a starter. You know, just just to see work because that's the thing is every time it seems to be he hit, hits some formal, that then someone else comes along, and you know, and He gets taken back to the bench. I think it's a case of yeah. you know, you know, give him the chance if it's possible, to to a uh, you know, give him opportunity.
0: Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of plays also that... I think the hard part about, you know, trying to project all of this is what sort of setup does Robbie Fowler yeah. play? Is he going to go for the yeah. A-League stock standard 4-2-3-1, which, well, to be honest, until I, excuse me, until I find out otherwise, that's what I'm going to assume, just because it's yeah. easier. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like there's a lot to go. And then... As mentioned, also the two forwards on scholarships were Daniel Ek and Mirza Muradovic. I think they'll be around the squad as well. And Muradovic actually scored on well, the scored weekend. Scored last night.
1: Very, very good yeah. goal last night against the Olympic. That um, got them back into the game. So, so yeah. Look, uh, he again another one. You know that and also had a very solid uh, youth league season. So. Uh, Look again, you know, you never know these, these young guys that they're just given the opportunity to, to train with, with the um the, the top side and, you know, see what happens. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to see sort of him you know, be you know, getting A League starts sort of immediately, but I think he's definitely worth worth as far as a long term prospect.
0: Definitely. All right, so the overall question I suppose for me, thinking about the Raw next season is what sort of setup is Fowler gonna play and based on some of the players that he let go, like a and Tongyik, I wonder if he's going to try and get a much more mobile, fitter team. Because that's something that I think uh, Cosmina was saying as well. We might have even played that clip on the show, talking about guys who yeah. maybe aren't quite there for... like who, Whose fitness just wasn't quite there, whether it was through injury or just not quite the right training setup. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot. Now, we do always encourage listener uh, participation in this show. And... We had an email from, let me find it, Nick Collins saying that, um, yeah, uh, his two ins that he wanted were yep. I've got a If yeah. he signs, I'll learn to say it properly. <laughs> um, and then also two players that he suggested from Lions FC. So I I hope we can suggest this and still be allowed into the Lion <laughs> But uh, Matthias Simic and Tommy Jarrod. So they've conceded the least amount of goals in NPL last season and are doing uh, well this year. I actually think... If you're going to be recruiting players from NPL, I want to see them go younger. I want to see you know 27 and under. I yeah. want to see those guys that coming that are coming yeah. in with something to prove because that was something that Ange did so well, Adam.
1: Uh, Look, uh, uh, Tommy Gerrard definitely. Um uh, Simic, I'm not uh, I'm not sure. I think he, he has got a career in the in the Queensland police service, so I'm not sure if he Look, I haven't never spoken about any future prospect of whether he wants to be a professional footballer. Um, so, I, look, he's a, he's, a, he's a great player, there's no doubt. He's probably one of the finest in the NPL, but I don't know if he wants a career as a yeah. professional footballer. But Tommy Jarrod, yes, definitely. I'd even I'd even think about someone like an Andy Thompson or a Josh Brindle South. Now, Brindle South has. Signed played, the whole
2: back for you, I reckon. Oh, three of the four, at least, anyway.
1: <laughs> Maybe uh, even get, yeah. get Nathan Shepard in. Well, You've so. got something you want to say, Scott. <laughs> I was
2: going to say, Simic actually was part of the Gold Coast United you set up as well. So he's had a, he has been a part of an A-League mm. set up in the past. But if you're talking about NPL players, I think the two standouts for me is um Tommy Jared, 20, 21-year-old central defender, growing really well in that Lions back four. And obviously, of course, Jez Lofthouse. Yeah. In the attacking area, he's the one that everyone looks at and thinks he could be a terrific player. There would be the two... That you'd say would be because you you can't as much as 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 much as there's a lot of people saying that they should sign a lot of players from the NPL. You don't want to sign too many of them because you want to bring them in and then bring them in bring them into the squad and then bring them into the team when they're ready. You don't want to have to rush them.
1: That's exactly now you look you look at a guy like Jez Lofthouse as well. If they were to sign him. I would hope that you wouldn't see you wouldn't see him till January next year making his day. Yeah, you give him the same treatment when Wenzel Hall's yeah. I, I, and, I think, that and that's not just a raw thing. I think that's a, a proven path for a number of A-league clubs now is that you just don't... They, when they sign, other than Central Coast Mariners um, and to us say Newcastle, because they had to, that, like the likes of Melbourne Victory and all that, they sign their players and then give them time to develop within their system and then unleash them in the back half of the season.
0: Yeah, that's it. I, th- I think that's an absolute way to go with those NPL plays. You find the guys who are under 25 and yeah. still ha- yeah. still have some growing to do as players. Yeah. Uh, we also wanted to, I suppose, touch on the marquee situation. So as far as we know, there are two marquee spots available. This is assuming the si- cap situation is going to stay yeah. similar. Obviously, there's a lot more projection than there has been in previous years. But assuming that there's a salary cap and two marquee spots available, Scott, what positions would you sign?
2: Well, if they are signing Roy O'Donovan, that's not going to be a marquee. So obviously, at that point, you're looking for... A midfielder who can really control the game, maybe create stuff, and then I think your point of an experienced defender would be a really good one because they do it. They do need a real solid centre back to tie this defence unit together. But I think that's going to be that those two positions that are all those that spine of the side you mentioned earlier. Jamie Young in goal, yes. Central defence to be to be determined. Centre midfield to be determined. And centre forward to be determined. Marquee positions need to be the two of those three. And if Roy O'Donovan is going to sign, well, then that leaves you the other two. Yep. So a midfielder and a defender for me. I would be looking more for a playmaking winger. Yep.
0: Again, in that... Well, I, I know you're never going to sign another Thomas Broich. That's just insane mm-hmm. to think. But you, consider, you try and find someone who's an upgrade on Bortiak, and you try and find that sort of player that can make things happen. Because you do have that striker there already. or you look, And you also... Hopefully, have the number ten in Stefan Mork. So I think you look for one of those wide midfielders who can basically run the show, yep. uh, like the likes of a Diego Castro or a Gra- Craig Goodwin. Uh, and then you also look for my suggestion, Bart Schenkenveld.
1: That's also that's suggestion. we're all, keen that's on. That's what just, we're all we? saying he needs off contract from Melbourne City. I think you know what? If you got marquee money, give it to him. Because yeah, be. I think I think I think for me, priority number one, a centre back. Yeah, and I think then. I think we're all in agreement on this and then obviously either a attacking midfielder or, you know, a winger slash you know Yeah attacker in that regard. Um the one actually one player if we're spitballing sort of you know names as far as they've become available what I'd like to see is um in, in that sort of that wide role would be um Shinji Okazaki who's uh, announced that he's leaving Leicester City. You know, if you can get him I think I think that'd be a, a very very good signing. In the same in the same mould as a uh, KSK Honda.
2: And he can show off his Premier League medal. Absolutely, he can. Um, If you're looking at players around the league, there's only a couple that really of any interest in terms of me. I I wouldn't mind Luke Bratton coming back. I think he showed in that elimination final against Adelaide. His range of passing is still top draw and he can add something. I think that would be a good one. If Perth do not sign Mats Piranovic and his body checks out, I think he could be a really good player. And the other one I think is um, Roy Krishna. He's been linked to a lot of clubs. If the Raw could could wind up signing Roy Krishner and maybe pairing him with Wenzel Halls up front. That's a lot of finishing potential and pace, which we all know what tricky, quick attacking players can do in both the A-League and the gl- game globally. That's what you need. So if you can get those sorts of players in, that would be, to me, what you'd look for. The rest of the players are off contract, I think. Squad filler types, I think the Raw have enough. Squad filler types, all they can find enough without delving into the Players from other clubs.
0: Alright, well, the name I'm going to throw out as well because you, in your fantastic record uh, yeah. keeping, have actually got a list of all the off contract players to the best of our knowledge from all of these mm-hmm. uh, A League clubs. I would be considering David Williams from Wellington. Not as a yeah. not necessarily as a, you know, top line marquee acquisition, but one of those guys you're gonna have to bring in under the cap who you yeah. know can actually fire. Well
1: that's the beauty of having fourteen spots available is so that you can probably you can probably sort of start looking at those that second tier, you know you know, good enough to be starters, you know, you know, you can put them on the bench, you know, start them when you need to. So, look, I think, yeah, that'd be, based on his form this year, um, yeah, I think that'd be another one.
2: He could be. The only thing I don't want to do is fall in the trap of signing players who worked for other A-League clubs thinking oh it to work here. Because Wellington did really well. They went out and took a couple of chances on players that you wouldn't have thought. Of. No one would have thought signing David Williams is going to come in and be a big impact. No one would have thought Max Burgess would have come in and had the impact he had so I would prefer to look around and try and find some other players, in a similar sort of level of Australian Australian nationality that you can bring in. The two that I thought of were um, Gold the former Gold Coast player. I think he was playing in Brisbane when they signed him, in the local competition. And the other one is i on Ryan Williams playing over in England. I think for Brentford, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Two wide guys, attacking players, could f- fill a similar sort of position to David Williams and. Had that unknown factor about him, probably. Yeah, that's it. It's just, I don't, I'm not big on signing players from other clubs all the time. I don't... Yeah. It just doesn't... It never really pans out for me.
1: I think it's a necessary, it's a, it's a necessary evil, but I also wouldn't want to see, you know, 12 of the 14... Mm. 12 of the 14, you know, spots available for the Royal at the moment, including the... Including, you know, visa players that have played for another club in the A-League yeah. being... As they call, yeah. quite recycled." You now, I think, I think there, you, I think you have to to a certain point, yeah. but I think you also need to introduce new players from other leagues and what, and even as well as look at the pool of Australian talent overseas and seeing if they want to come home.
2: Speaking of pools of players, Australian players overseas might want to come home, and you mentioned marquee wingers. for what about Robbie Cruz He's had a contract in Germany. Would he not fit? I a lot of people are going to be it screaming. There'll be, there at the would be a lot of Twitter fodder. For of that. course, people oh. people are going to hate it, but he's still one of Australia's best footballers. He's only thirty, and yeah. he's got. He is obviously from Brisbane. I think it's it's I, at least, it might not be realistic or likely, but it's certainly something you have to consider given all those factors.
0: I will say yes, I've heckled the guy before, but it does seem like he's matured mm. at least a little bit. Like the amount of stuff that he went through during the World Cup with yeah. the heckling and whatnot. He, I think it showed he's better equipped to deal with it than he might have been when he yeah. broke through as that seventeen-year-old.
2: Yeah. Also, I am yeah. the president and only member of the Robbie Cruz fan club, so I think they're a could bit do, lonely over here. I think they could do better, but I could also see that signing working. Yeah,
1: yeah. Look again, it, it comes down to money. I think then Dave, if he if he was willing to come back and on you know, a reduced salary, what he was making in Europe. Um, then yeah, look, I can, I can see it working because obviously it's not going to count anything against visa mm. spots or anything like that, and that'd be a shrewd signing. Yeah. I just just wonder if you know bridges haven't been burnt from mm. his previous time here. But you know, look, the great thing is that there there are and there's a list that you know there's, there's a web, website that has a list of all the Australian players that are playing overseas yeah. at the moment, and there's a very extensive list of players that you know you could almost pick and choose to see who you could uh, potentially bring back.
0: And look, let's be totally honest, there are plenty of Australian players that have left the A-League maybe a season or two too early and are just yeah. looking for game time yeah. right now.
2: Another yeah. so. thing is you have to remember Robbie Fowler is going to bring in his own Visa players from overseas and it's, uh, it's completely pointless trying to guess who they're going to be because we don't know what sort of shape he's going to play the team up in but I think it's fair to say they'll probably be players we've got a connection to to the Ch- English Championship on levels around that, what, that level because yeah. he's already indicated he's going to bring players with him, and I think that's where he's going to try and confine
1: it. It's, 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 got, it's got to make sense that you would think that, especially with that connection you know, to in the Liverpool Academy, that you know there's got to be a number of young, talented players you know, at Melwood, which is the Liverpool no, training Academy. That I don't oh, look, it butts up against my sort of own beliefs as well, but there's got to be some that you know are talented enough to, to, to make a make a sort of point and statement if, in the if a If we're going
2: to play kids, I'd rather play our kids. Not why not both? Why not? Why? why to... would you bring their kids over and develop them for them? What's the point? We're not we're not affiliated with Liverpool. I we're just not, not, there's the no connection benefit for be. the Raw doing that. No, but what's just... But, okay, my counterpoint to that would be, what's
0: stopping them saying, all right, there's a guy like her, Sheon Harrison... Yeah, that's
1: exactly Who the point I was going to make, but, yeah.
0: But then you're also surrounding him with the likes of Wenzel Hall's D'Agostino... Barnett, okay, one, but
2: not. I'm yeah, no, no, not no, bringing no. four oh, out of their academy. Oh, you, no. don't, well,
1: you don't want a whole am- Armada coming out because one, it's just not possible. Yeah. But yeah, you don't want to fill four or five spots with you know, young English players either. I Absolutely agree with you. But I think we've got to be prepared that maybe one or two could come down the, down that path. We've also no, seen
2: the Daniel Sturridge links as well. And if e- like, if Roy O'Donovan is signing or allegedly going to sign it, you can rule out no, Daniel Sturridge unless he's no going to play. No club is signing Sturridge unless you're going to play two up front. It's right. just it been linked, so we have to throw it out there. Yeah. Yes, we do.
0: Anyway, bottom line I'm getting from all of this, there is a lot uh, to happen in Brisbane Rawland this coming off-season, so keep an eye on the news yeah. feeds. We'll be uh, providing as many news and updates as we can, and while well, this may be the end of Season 3 of the Brisbane Football yeah. Review podcast...
2: Should we throw one name out there, see if it sticks by July? One, one player we think that'll sign between now and July. Yeah, alright, why not? Well, go on. All right, uh, I'm going to go with Krishna.
1: I'm going
2: with Bart. Uh, Purely because I want it, I'll say Bart as well. Okay, well there we go. If if you want something different, if you want something different, I'll say um, Spiranovic. There we go. Just so we've got three different ones.
0: Alright, so that's going to wrap up Season 3 of the Brisbane Football Review Podcast. uh, We're going to take a bit of a break from our shows proper, but we're not going anywhere. You've still got the NPL recap shows every weekend when you guys are out there at the games, and I'll try and join in at the ones I getting to as well. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening this season. We appreciate all of the support in what's been, well, let's be honest, a pretty damn rough season. <laughs> Scott, Adam, thank you for yeah. trekking out here yeah. and surviving the moving of studios. <laughs> yeah, thank you for Scott. hosting
2: it once again. Yep, that's perhaps. all
0: right. We're about to go put on a barbecue and enjoy uh, what we've done. And, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. We should also say say big thanks to Simon, to Angela, to Alex from Queensland Socceroos fans.
2: Uh, do we have any other guests? As well, I can't think of the top of my head. Nah.
0: No. Well, anyway, thanks to the Raw for putting up with this, and thanks yep. to all the MPL, MPL clubs for their yeah. support as well.
2: Absolutely. If you see us at one
0: of the grounds uh, over the next few months, feel free to come and say hi. The other two are actually pleasant people. People. I'm <laughs> really? We are. Well, because <laughs> it's <Since here>. <laughs> <laughs> Who's spreading these lies? Yes, that's right. But yes, from from all three of us, thank you very much for listening. Mm. We'll be back in July with the uh, shows proper as we get ready for another season. As season of Brisbane Royal Football. Thanks for the support, and we'll see you next season. This has been the Brisbane Football Review for the third time.